You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes and even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will thrive So I'll stand down and be J-U-I-C-Y So welcome to episode 65 of the GFR show featuring me, Lisa Cherney. And this is one of my confession episodes. And this is going to be about how 2020 kicked my ass and the lessons I learned along the way. So welcome to the show. Uh, Anything else I want to say in my introduction here, just that I am super excited to be ending the year. This is my first full year doing the GFR show. We started in May of 2019, and it has been an amazing journey. And I hope that you, if you need inspiration about an affirmation about the essential struggle, I really do believe now. I used to say, well, I don't think it's, it's, I think struggle is optional, but I think for the mission inspired entrepreneur where you are marketing or selling yourself. I do think struggle is the thing that, that fuels our next piece of our evolution. So damn, did we have some struggle this year? So it was crazy, just such a crazy year. And so if you are feeling like you need inspiration or just to like, see how other people are doing it or see the the, the shit storm that people have been through in their lives to see how that has served them in birthing their business, then you want to check out some of the other episodes. People are just, the, the people that come on the show, the stories they tell are so profound. Deep stuff, stuff that you would call embarrassing or stuff that you would normally hide. If you want to feel normal in your trauma and you want to feel like your struggle is just part of your rite of passage, listen to the prior uh, 64 episodes of the GFR show. There's a handful in there that are me and a bunch of amazing guests that, you know, have shared with me that they've been transformed by the experience of being on the show, which is, is so, I don't know, just honoring and affirming of my life purpose that I could do this show that's really meant to serve other people and the people that are guests are transformed in the process. So I'm super excited about that. Okay, so it has been a crazy year with lots of vivid, like urgent, uncontrollable world-related reasons to be fearful, angry, and sad. (laughs) 
if you combine that with the shit going down in your personal life, right, that sometimes has nothing to do with pandemic and racial unrest and presidential election and, 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 <laughs> if you look at what's going on in your personal life, in addition, um, that is unrelated, and being, if you are in a position where you're in charge of your income, you're a, a business owner in some way or independent contractor or something where you don't, you're not just getting a paycheck. You are the one that is keeping that money engine going. Oh, it has been a perfect storm of transformation. We have been invited to transform. I called it the COVID crucible. And that was before there were six other things that were added to the list um, that were not, didn't go with my alliteration. It's just been Amazing. And I do want to say congratulations. Like you, <laughs> you have made it through. You have made it through. And how do I know that? It's because you are here watching or listening to what I am saying, which means that you still give a shit <laughs> about feeding yourself with new information and connecting yourself with other souls. And yeah, so that's how I know. Oh, there were times where I really didn't care about anything um, and was just terrified. And so I would, I would say that if you're listening to me, you have survived. So congratulations. You know, the GFR show is about the struggle. I call them wormholes. And uh, I've been talking about wormholes for probably for 12 years. It was, it was something that I started to observe when I was mentoring people over long periods of time, like a year, two, three. And I would see how they would go through these periods of time where everything just looked like it was going to hell. And then I would see them pop out, <laughs> you know, like a spaceship in a wormhole to like another sort of dimension and another expression of who they are and another connection to, to their work. And I would just see how they couldn't have gotten there any other way other than going through that struggle. <sighs> 2020 was a big giant wormhole for all of us. And it's these, these are, I want to just share some of the key lessons I learned along the way related to like my personal sanity, my spiritual evolution, inner shifts that helped me, you know, end this year, not feeling like I just, you know, want to roll up in a ball and, you know, never come out, you know, again until 2022. They're just the inner shifts. Like, so like, so yeah, I learned a lot about a lot of things this year. This show is about lessons that I learned that are related to uh, feeling mentally, emotionally pretty good at the end of this crazy year and meeting my, my goals of my business, my financial goals. And even more important than my financial goal this year was my intention, which was unshakable spiritual trust. That was my intention for 2020. I, I could say that I accomplished that. I really, I really could say that I accomplished that. All right, so here are my lessons. There are five lessons. And I thought about doing that like David Letterman, you know, count down from five to one. And, but I decided not to do that. So we're gonna start with lesson number one. So lesson number one that Lisa Cherney learned in the crucible that was 2020 was that my creativity fuels my business and it needs space, space. If you're not watching me on the video, I'm like doing that sort of stretching hand with movement. I don't even know how to describe what I'm doing. So you have to watch the video. My creativity fuels my business and it needs space and it needs space. 
<sighs> so I have a lot I want to say on this because what I now know more than ever is that, well, first of all, one of the lessons I learned like two years ago when I was birthing GFR was that I'm creative and I'm a creative being. And I always, you know, I, I knew I was creative, but you know, I live with people that are way more creative than me in terms of like traditional creative, like my daughter is a dancer and my husband is a singer, you know, there's artists, there's painters in, you know, my family. And so, you know, that's like typical creativity. Gosh, I learned this year that my creativity, my creative nature fuels my business and it needs space. It needs space to breathe and that my creative spirit matters. And when I really dropped into that, I stopped beating myself up when I was supposed to do a Facebook live and I didn't feel like it, or I was supposed to write an email and I didn't feel like it, or I was supposed to like birth a new program and I didn't feel like it. I stopped judging my lack of creativity as like a procrastinating or, you know, beating myself up that I just didn't get something done. I realized, no, I need the right circumstances to fuel my creativity. I need Oh, I like, okay, here's an example. So I know, I've known this that like I write well in the morning, but when I think about it in terms of my creativity, it's like, oh, my creative spirit, like, like the way that I access and the, 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 the who I need to be in my energetic for my creativity is more present when I wake up. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the morning, but like when I wake up, sort of those first, you know, couple hours and, and there's, and I need to protect them, which means not getting on my phone and getting into all my stuff. Right. You all know, you all relay. Right. Also I'm creative at night, you know, so like after dinner, after a little bit of TV with the family, like I can go into my office at like eight, nine o'clock and, you know, and, and be super creative. So but I need space for that. Also, I could be creative if I have a day with nothing in it. Well, when do we ever get that? Well, we get it when we give it to ourselves. And so now I, and I discovered this by accident. I had a Friday. So my, like the way that I work my schedule is predominantly I work with clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I do like project work, catch up Monday, get organized for the week. So I had a Friday where I had no appointments, like not even any personal ones, nothing on my calendar, completely empty. And I had so many like openings and like, just like dropping in of like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing idea. I had awarenesses. I, I was able to connect some dots and put some things together. You know, this year has been very prolific with me being a thought leader in the area of marketing with birthing my unlaunch program. And, you know, in the area of mentorship, birthing my unmentor program, which the whole concept of mentor started last year, but really dropped in clear this year. Like these kind of innovative new ways of thinking, like being on the edge and, you know, kind of breaking away from the pack kinds of things. That's my creativity. And it needs space. And so I had that one Friday inspiration day, uh, reflect and what I call it? inspiration day, reflection day. I keep forgetting the name of it, but all those things happen. And so now I'm doing it once a month on a Friday. So I block off every four weeks, Friday with no appointments. That's the key. No appointments, no obligations, nothing planned for that day. So that fuels my creativity. My creativity needs space. Also, what I had to do this year was I had to cancel stuff. 
and I had to stop doing things. Now that's GFR commandment number eight. I'm looking over here at my commandments. Know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And that confession question, because they each have a confession question. If you haven't seen the GFR commandments, y'all, you're on missing like, this is good shit. This is all the ways my clients and myself, this is the way, this is how we get in our way. So like people say to me, Lisa, what's the number one thing that holds entrepreneurs back? I say like, see the GFR commandments. <laughs> so the, the confession question for number eight is, I'm just going to go get these and move them closer to me. The confession question for number eight is, where do I need to pause or stop, but haven't because of fear? My creativity needs space. So shit needs to go. But we have so many rules that we follow and things that we think are right or wrong that keep us from actually say, stopping or saying no to things. And so I will uh, cancel or move clients and they like know this and, and it gives them permission to also cancel on me when they need to. And I don't care because it creates more space and, and gives me more just spontaneous, you know, openings up. Also like do it. So this podcast is a perfect example. Podcasts are weekly. That's the rule or maybe more, maybe twice a week. And in the beginning of the crazy COVID time in March, April, I was like questioning the podcast. And at first I thought it was a money thing. I was like, oh, you're spending this money and, you know, it takes money to do the podcast and our, you know, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the world. And six months from now, are you going to regret, you know, spending the money on this podcast? And, and here's the thing, when I set my money stuff aside, I realized I just needed space. And so I made what at the time felt like a really hard decision, especially because I had the week before this shit hit the fan, I was at New Media Summit, which is my friend Steve Olsher's podcast focused event. And I was, you know, booking speakers and booking, booking guests and, you know, booking myself. It was some amazing thing. And so I coming off of that, I was like, well, I can't not do my show weekly. So I'm not doing my show weekly. Maybe, I don't even know if anybody noticed. Maybe you did. My mom for sure noticed. <laughs> my mom's like, I love your episodes. I miss them. And so it's every other week and it just gives me space. So what do you need to challenge? So if we're going to like, if you're going to maybe take some action from these lessons I've learned, I don't know uh, if, if that's something that you like to do is sort of like take actions on things that inspire you. If this is resonating with you, it's like, what can you stop? What could you cancel? What commitments can you say, I am complete with that? You know, who could you say no to? What rules of engagement and the way you're doing your life can you challenge that would actually allow you to create space? So lesson number one, my creativity fuels my business and it needs space and it needs space. Yeah, it, it really does. I, I'm thinking in my mind of all the things that I've done this year that have been like cookie creative, like the whole unlaunch thing. So so the unlaunch for the unlaunch, you follow me, uh, was called F launches. And boy, was that fun. Oh, but it, we needed like creativity. And I did a thing in November called the Bragathon because I noticed that my clients were really having trouble talking about their success and owning it. And I was like, this is not cool. Like we need to be able to brag, you know, and it's not hurting anyone. And so that was a creative thing. And, and also because it was like so out of the box that I didn't quite know what it was or the strategy or how it supported my business, but I was able to let all those fears go because I was able to really embrace the creative part of it. All right. So lesson two, lesson two, just checking on things here. Okay. Lesson two is you ready? Like drum roll, please. So lesson two is meditate, 
meditate, meditate. <laughs> I need to meditate. <laughs> and if you're one of those people that is being bombarded by suggestions to meditate and it's pissing you off <laughs> because you just have a story that you can't meditate, don't know how to meditate, aren't able to meditate, I highly, highly encourage you, invite you to revisit a topic. <laughs> it is just a non-negotiable part of the way that I do my life. And of course it feeds lesson number one, my creativity. And there are so many ways to do it. So I happen to be certified in transcendental meditation which is a mantra-based meditation. And it's 20 minutes twice a day, once in the morning, and then once in the afternoon, not even in the evening. Like they really recommend like before dinner. And it is amazing. And so if you want information, I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes. One of them will be for TM, not offices, TM centers all over the place. And you just go to their website and you can put you in your zip and you could find one. Another, but I, I also have added this year and maybe I added it last year, but really doing it almost like sometimes nightly is mindfulness meditation, mindfulness meditation, which is more guided meditation. Well, it doesn't need to be guided, but the way that I do it is guided. And sometimes we just need someone to guide us because like, there's just some crazy shit going on here and we just cannot stop it. Or for me, I feel really intensity in my body with stress and anxiety and so um, the app that I use that I highly recommend that I don't get any commission from is 10% happier, 10 T-E-N percent happier. And there was a podcast and a book and the guy who started it all is a newscaster who had a nervous breakdown on national television and then started his spiritual path. And he, he talks about meditation for fidgety skeptics. So he's really cool down to earth. It's an amazing app. I could just go on and on about it. I just put it on my daughter's phone. So she has meditations for going to sleep at night. There's a whole section for that. So meditate, meditate, meditate. That's lesson number two. So uh, lesson number three, <laughs> my mental health requires moving my body. My mental health requires moving my body. You know, when we were in lockdown or are in lockdown or whatever the fuck we are in right now, I just getting outside and walking was sustenance for me. Now, I always suspected, always knew, raise your hand if, you, if you've known this too, that being outside is really good for you. <laughs> I mean, I would go days without getting outside. And then, you know, now I'm not even needing to drive my kid to school. So I like had no excuse to, to get out, even know what the weather was and so my mental health requires me moving my body and taking walks outside was is a big part of that. But also, so what I want to say about this is I'm not talking about getting exercise and I'm not talking about working out. And this was the lesson. This was the, the elevated lesson this year was that it is just about me freaking moving my body. So walk, get, walk, put shoes on and walk out the house and walk around the block and come back. It is stretching, just stretching. I have in my office now, like my foam roller and like other things that, that give me a visual cue and I will stop and I'll stretch and I'll do some things. Dancing, just putting on music and moving my body like no one's watching. And if you get to see the video, you get to see me moving my body. Just my mental health requires me moving my body and, I, and letting go of it needing to be a workout or calories burned or... Anything like that has been huge for me this year. 
Yeah. And walking, gosh, walking. I want to, I want to, I want to tie that in with the lesson. Um, number one, my creativity fuels my business and it needs space. Walking. I discovered that when I go on walks, because it shifts me so much and I'm in like this, like, oh, like, I don't know, it just shifts me so much. I, I will record videos when I walk. You might see videos often of me being outside because I'll start walking and all of a sudden I'm just like, Hey, you know, world. Yes. been so key for me. You know, I want to say, I don't do all this stuff perfectly. That's not why I'm sharing it because, Oh, I figured this out and I do this stuff, you know, I'm super, super committed. It's just, first of all, saying it like to you, like makes it more real, (laughs) makes it harder for me to ignore. It also just keeps it in my forefront. So I do not move my body perfectly every day, although I know that that would really be helpful to my mental health. All right. So lesson number four, lesson number four, I have ins and outs in addition to ups and downs. And if you're a leader in any, if you see yourself as a leader in any way, whether that is the leader of your household, which is a very important job, especially now because everybody's home. (laughs) or a leader of a team in a a corporate work environment, leader in your own life, or whether you're a leader, you know, like I am in terms of teaching and unmentoring and all that good stuff. I just really claimed probably the first half of this year that I have ins and outs, not just ups and downs. And I need to honor them as me as a leader. I need to honor when it's time to go in. And I need to honor when I'm in and not rush myself to get out or shame myself to get out. I need to just allow myself the cocooning time. Now, for me, that looks like staying in my pajamas all day and doing whatever I want. No shoulds. That's one of my guidelines when I really want to be like not working or not pushing. It's like no shoulds. And that means could be mean housework, stuff like that. But it also could mean being in bed with the covers over my head. Actually, I don't really sleep with the covers over my head. My mom does, but <laughs> but just being in bed. I love being in my bed or being with the shades, you know, drawn and in dark. I love that too. I have this like, you know, sun blocking or light blocking shades in. What does in, in mean for me? What does in mean for you? In means off social freaking media, which I'm like totally the opposite of doing right now because I'm not in, I'm having an out day. <laughs> but when I have an in day, I just, I need to like, I need to not be diffusing, like, this is how it feels to me. I need to not be like diffusing my energy out, or I need to not have other people's lives and energies and things sort of like in my field. Like I just need to simplify the stimuli, <laughs> simplify the stimuli. You know, I, uh, I'm an extrovert according to the personality test, but I am way more introverted than I realized. This uh, period of time this year has given me unprecedented opportunity to slow down and I like it. (laughs) I did not realize it about myself. And I I work very closely with uh, a group of clients like where I'm like, just, I know everything, pretty much everything that's going on in their lives. These are my unmentor um, clients. So I had uh, 18 of those going through most of this year. And I could tell you that this was a, a, a really um, significant thing for all of us to honor was the, the in and not beating ourselves up for being the in and then being ready to be out there. It's been, it, was really, it was really a significant thing to honor. So 
You know, there's a whole teaching that I do called the Evolving Experts Ascension Model, and I'm not going to go into it in depth here on this show. I think maybe I'll even do a separate show on it because it's a model that really shows there's sort of four steps in a cycle that really exemplify and illustrate how, as an evolving expert, our healing is tied to our business growth. Our personal healing is tied to our business growth and our business sometimes instigates that healing. So uh, if I say it in a quote, I say our work fuels our healing and our healing then fuels our work. So when we really honor this ascension model that us evolving experts, and you're probably one of them if you're listening to this or watching this, is you're an expert or a leader in your own way, is that we that, that there's a cycle to when we are getting real and confessing that something's not working, something doesn't feel good, we're, we're doing our healing, we're going inside, we're looking at our shame and unworthiness. And then we're seeing how that informs our work, either like literally like adds a module to our course or, you know, for me, a, a new model <laughs> to my business, but also it evolves, you know, ourselves, right? It gets us ready to then hold space for a new part of our business. And then what I've seen is that my, when I have those periods of time, my clients start succeeding more because I've learned a new thing along the way that I'm passing along. And then the business, the business grows as well. And, and then it leads up to sort of another confession. So confession, healing, growth, and then uh, the business, you know, succeeds or celebration. And, and it just, it's an ascension model with sort of an upward spiralness to it. And the ins and outs are critical to this whole thing, honoring those ins and outs and allowing yourself to have that time, me allowing myself to have that time. So that's lesson number four that I learned this year in 2020 that kicked my ass. <laughs> And I have one more lesson I want to share with you. And this one is a juicy one. I feel like the super juiciest ones for me were lesson number one, my creativity fuels my business and it needs space because there's just so much in there to create in terms of me learning about that and creating space. So lesson two, meditate, meditate, meditate. Lesson three, my mental health requires moving my body. Lesson four, I have ins and outs, not just ups and downs. And then lesson five is surrender is my new strategy. It's my new kick-ass, innovative, cutting-edge strategy is <laughs> surrender. It is surrender. Oh my God, people, if there was ever a period of time that was inviting us to surrender, it was 2020. Now, I'm gonna get into some spiritualness, woo-woo-ness territory here. So it works for me. So that's why I have this, I connect and relate to this idea of surrender. If you uh, haven't been around me a lot, you may not know a lot about my like history and my past. So, um, and one of the episodes, I think it's episode one or two is who the F is Lisa Cherney. And there's a lot of good stuff in there just about my background, my family, my upbringing, all kinds of stuff. But one of the key parts of my evolution in my life was in my twenties, I was in a 12 step program called Overeaters Anonymous because I used food to deal with my emotions and to soothe myself. 
And as a result, the way that my eating disorder manifested, I was bigger than a lot of my peers. My body was bigger. And, and I say that because people can have a lot of stuff around food and use it to soothe. And it doesn't necessarily show up as, you know, in their body, but it still makes them crazy. <laughs> so there's other, other labels for other eating disorders that I'm not going to get into in this moment. But, but I shared that because I found the 12 step programs when I was in college, saved my life. I learned about a higher power. I was not spiritual. I grew up reformed, a reform, I'm Jewish. And I grew up in the reformed which is like the less, least strict or least, you know, more, more casual sort of, uh, I don't know, it's not level, but whatever it's called, a Judaism, the way of practicing Judaism, it's the most relaxed. And there wasn't a lot of spirituality there. You know, I didn't really learn about God or, you know, that, that, you know, I learned about God maybe more in a, in a punishing, but not as punishing as some other religions, but just wasn't necessarily in my daily life, you know? And so when I found 12 step programs, I learned about, you know, I think it's step one. Yeah. Step one is admitting that you're powerless over something and your life has become unmanageable. And then I think step two is you, I became willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. And I was like, what? That was like super confronting. And Oh, I'm so grateful. That is where my spiritual journey began with this relationship with higher power. I have all kinds of words. I, I call it now God, divine, uh, Holy Spirit. I like Jesus. I like Buddha. I like, you know, angels. I, I do all the things. <laughs> I'm bringing all this in to really put a fine point on this lesson number five, which is surrender is my new strategy. Because as much as I had all of that in my awareness, 2020 just forced me, or I, allow, I allowed it to force me to surrender. Like, and I'm leaning back in my chair. <laughs> it's probably, in fact, in my audio, I'm leaning back in my chair and just like showing you, like, I just, I just had to let it all freaking go. And I was already on a surrender journey in 2019. And I think it was preparing me for 2020. So here's what I want to share about that. I know that I, that by nature, and I, I did some uh, work on my human design um, recently, and I learned, uh, I knew this about myself, but this really brought it home is that worrying is kind of part of my nature because I'm a critical thinker. And so we do that. We like, you know, always like looking 10 steps ahead and like looking out for what's going to go wrong. And it's also my superpower, but it causes me an enormous amount of stress. So there was a lot to worry about this year and it's layers, right? It's like, what's going on that we have no control of in the world. And then what's going on that we have no control over in our life and what's going on that we have no control of in our business. And it just can make us crazy if we allow it. <sighs> this year has healed and invited me to surrender even more and deeper. And so I'm going to just talk a little bit about how the F do you surrender? <laughs> like, how do I do this? So, and I'll put some more resources in the show notes here that I mentioned, but I found, you know, my spiritual teachers sometimes come in the form of, you know, authors, and then I might go study with them more, you know, and one of my latest ones is a woman named Tosha Silver, and she wrote a book called Outrageous Openness, which I found probably four or five years ago. And when I first read it, it was like, 
it was like somebody had put like a warm blanket on me. It was such an invitation. So the, the basic concept of surrender, if you're really like going to get into the technicality of it is, is trusting that the divine has a plan. And so if I try to control things too much or I'm attached too much to how I think the outcome needs to be, that's not me surrendering. And so, and it links so much to creativity because when I follow my inspiration, my inclination, my intuition, my gut, which is another GFR commandment, number seven, trust yourself, trust your gut. When I do that, I know what I need to do and I get inspirations and direction and I solve problems. Um, but I first need to surrender. So step one in surrendering, read Tosha's book. No. And there's and it's nuanced. For those of you that are law of attraction people, I find that this adds a new dimension because sometimes when we get very uh, connected and attached to the idea that our thoughts are where we focus our attention, you know, gets bigger. And if I think bad thoughts, bad shit's going to happen. And oh my God, I'm thinking bad thoughts. How do I stop? Like it's can cause us, it can be, make us insane that the surrender, the surrender is the allowing part of law of attraction and we suck at it. And so when I'm surrendering, this is what it looks like. When I'm surrendering, I put things in my God box. That's my God box there. I just write shit on pieces of paper and I put it in there and it's just a, it's just an active, like an action to do that. And lots of people have different ways that they, people do fire ceremonies, people throw things in, you know, water, people rip things up, but this, you know, there's like, that's more like releasing. This is like giving it, giving it. I even visualize. And for those of you that are listening on audio, like I, I'm pushing my hand sort of in an upward direction to my left. And I just sort of visualize, okay, here, <laughs> you know, kind of here, take this. So I will think of something that I want to surrender and I will hand it over. And boy, did I do that a lot this year. And Tosha teaches something called change me prayers. <sighs> and so I wrote a lot of change me prayers. And she actually has another book called change me prayers. And it, and it is like, you know, thank you, divine, for changing me into someone who trusts I will be guided, <laughs> who knows that I will be shown the way, who, you know, on and on and on. I just, it's been survival for me to surrender. And, and at first, okay, here's like a, here's like a varsity move with surrender. So at first I was doing what I would call like the spiritual bypass version, which is that I would surrender and try, and try not to think about the money or the result that I wanted. And I'm surrendering and I'm doing, I'm doing good with surrender. And then I'm like, looking, is the money there yet? Is the money there yet? You know, where's the money? Because I surrendered, you know, kind of like this quid pro quo relationship with surrender. And I know a lot of people I've shared this with really relate to this. And that wasn't working because I was still attached to the outcome. Now it was the outcome of surrendering, probably around Whew, I think it was maybe July, August. I got fucking real about my quid pro quo relationship with surrender and my higher power. And I got even more real. And I said, okay, <sighs> my attachment to outcome, which is predominantly around money and my business is I got real that it is connected with safety and security. And I needed to fucking figure out a way to feel safe and secure without money. This was like really big time inner work to do. 
one of the books I happened to be reading at the time, which is, it's a great book, but it, it's not like it was like the magic bullet. I think it was a culmination of lots of things, but I really enjoyed it called The Illusion of Money. And he says in there that he said, one line in there I read that you are addicted to the belief that money is in charge. You're addicted to the belief that money is in charge. And of course, I really related because of my addiction. I knew my addiction history. I knew what that meant and it was right. So I had to dig even deeper and find where I could feel safe and secure without money. And so I could tell you some of the stuff that I did, but if you're resonating with this, you need to, you know, figure out the things that you're attached to that you can't surrender. You need to figure out what is the feeling that those things that you think those things are going to give you and figure out a way to get it without that. And that was freedom. That was absolute freedom. And now when I do things in my business and I'm being all creative and, and following my intuition and standing on my soapbox, <clears throat> which is a whole nother podcast around soapbox and how it's so important as an evolving expert to just be so connected with what you stand for and be fully expressing it. Like that's Giovar commandment. Number three, don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite and confession question. Where am I not speaking my truth? Like I need to get real about where I'm not speaking my truth. Make sure that I'm on my soapbox because as long as I'm feeling fully expressed and being unapologetic about it and serving you in the way that I want to serve you, I, I could feel fulfilled and I could feel happy. And the money is like become secondary. Like it truly, I can totally like just put it out of the frame and just have fun doing what I'm doing. This to me is the ultimate measure of success, the ultimate measure of success. So when I say like surrenders, my new strategy, it's also surrenders, my new success. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I it, it is, it has given me so much. And oh, so here, here's one of my um, prayers or affirmations. And I think that this really will exemplify how I put this into practice. So I you know, and I'm not a really big believer in saying affirmations that are so sort of like out of the way that I'm thinking that you can't even connect it with. Like if you feel completely like ugly and you're like, I'm beautiful. It sounds like airy fairy, right? We need to kind of, you know, we need to, we need to, it doesn't exactly work like that, but I really enjoy prayer. And uh, Alan Cohen, one of my other spiritual mentors wrote a great book on prayer. I can't remember what it's called, but it has prayer in the title. But here is my prayer slash affirmation that has to do with surrender. And this gets at the crux of the shit that I was so fearful about. It says, allow me divine to move with the flow and respond with calmness and peace. Help me trust that all my needs will be met. Let me enter this path of freedom. Even my deepest attachments I give to you. Let me trust you have a plan and the right actions will come. You are my source for all. <laughs> oh, I would just say that thing, like hold on to it, like for dear life. Even my deepest attachments I give to you. That was a real, that was a real big one because for me, money was like survival. 
Another little ditty I like is, okay, God, if you want this to happen, then open the way. Let connections come and let everyone that needs to find me, find me. <laughs> There's your marketing plan for 2021. Let everyone that needs me, find me. And you know what? I am, I am actually finding that to be true. You know, we have this unlaunch program that is a choose your own adventure way of like getting out there. And it's, you know, it's generosity and sincerity based and it honors our flow and it's really yummy and delicious. And let everyone who needs me find me. <laughs> I find the unlaunch fuels our creativity. It helps us to be in our creative space and be on our soapbox. People will find you. They may find you directly from the thing you put out there, or they may come from someplace that you didn't even see. And it just all, it's all a big soup. So you may as well do the things that you enjoy instead of sucking it up, you know, and gutting it through and pushing and striving for a, an eventual payoff. So if that's, if you, if you resonate with like redefining your success in that way, we need to snuggle up closer. You need to be in the GFR squad, which is a 20 bucks a month to be on a call with me where we do the GFR commandments and confessions questions, or we need to work more closely and unmentor. So uh, I'll put links below for you to check that out. But I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I wanted to share these lessons with you because it's, this has been a, a really extraordinary year for me in my, in my evolution as a human and as an expert, because of these 18 people that I unmentor and the intimacy that I created in our relationships, I just could see how much of what I was learning, like they were learning and how much of what like they were learning I was needing. And it was, so I know that these things are real and they are meaningful for many of you. The last thing that I want to share around the last lesson, which is surrender is my new strategy, is the idea of divine right time, or as we like to call it, DRT, <laughs> divine right time. So if I don't feel like doing a Facebook Live, even though it's in my schedule, I don't do it. And one time I had something in there, I didn't feel like doing it, but instead I posted like a, like a question and I think it was, is celebrating the same as bragging? And it was like 171 comments in this post. So it's like, you know, I will cancel clients, uh, um, you know, and I will, and really for divine right time, I, I need to really, I, this year I employed so much more self-love to myself and was okay, tr tried to be okay, was really present to any thoughts that made it not okay for me not to do stuff, for me not to get stuff done. And sometimes I wouldn't even be cognizant of a thought. It would just be this stressful feeling in my body. And I would realize, oh, I am actually feeling stressful because I didn't get this thing done, which means I am actually beating myself up, but without the words, <laughs> it's just manifesting in my body as stress. And I've become so much more sensitive to what I'm feeling in my body this year. And oh, that's why I meditate, meditate, meditate is essential. Moving my body is essential to my mental well-being really allowing my creative expression so that I can have more fun in what I'm doing, honoring the ins and the outs because the ins are as juicy and as, uh, and as important to fueling my business as the outs. And then surrender, surrender, surrender. <laughs> All right, so those are my five key lessons learned in 2020 that because 2020 kicked my ass. I know I'm not alone. <laughs> And I'm um, excited to share them with you. I'm excited to move into a new year with you on the GFR show. 
And if you are seeing this video, but you haven't listened to the show, you know, I would say subscribe to the show wherever you can out, you know, find a podcast app if you haven't yet that makes it easy to listen. We're going to be on YouTube in 2021 um, with the show. So if that's more your jam, um, then we'll, we'll be there for you. I'll let you know about that. And make sure you get your 12 GFR commandments. Go to gfr.life forward slash 12C. They're, they're the bomb. They will show you where you are in your way today. So you know, it's not a 12-step program. You don't need to do them all. It's just about reading those confession questions and seeing which one lands for you. And if you download them and you're like, these are cool. I really should you know, post them up on my bulletin board. Join the GFR squad because every month we get together and we pick one of those commandments. And the confession question, like, so for January's, it's what is my intuition telling me? What does my heart say? And the, the commandment is trust yourself, trust your gut. And then we just talk about that. And it's a beautiful community of speaking our truth. And it's really fucking cool. So 20 bucks a month. I mean, really. So if you want to snuggle up with me closer, join the GFR squad. And what else do I want to say? I think that's it. Thanks for listening. It's been awesome to spend this time with you and ah, wishing us ease and flow and surrender and wishing us for the new year to embrace our evolution as an evolving expert and paying attention to where that will fuel our business and fuel our success. Bye-bye for now, everybody. <laughs>